Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays, a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos that focuses on helping you improve your mental wellness. We do this with the help of Wired to Love and Thrive, and that's why we have Dr. Nyarai with us. Um, but before we introduce our guest for the day, just wanted to quickly uh, give a thank you to our sponsor, Bon V Medical Aid. Um, bon V have graciously sponsored our Mental Wellness Mondays podcast, and you have the opportunity to find out some of the great products that Bon V offers in terms of medical aid. Um, you can actually go to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash Bon V, and you can find out more information about Bon V and uh, the different kind of um uh, plans that you can sign up for that could help you or your loved ones. Uh, perhaps you have loved ones back home in Zimbabwe. If you're outside the country, um, it might be something that you may want to look up. Uh, and uh, something they do care about is mental wellness and mental health. And not just that, your physical health as well. So please do go check out twobroketumbos.com forward slash Bon V. Um, and also, you can uh, check out their Facebook page, which is Bon V Medical Aid. I think it's Bon V Medical. Uh, and you can actually check out more about them. Uh, that on is there. right. Thank you, Dan. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch with Bon V to find out more about their packages, you can call Varaizo on 0787060037. That's 0787060037. And we have a lovely guest with us today. An accomplished, I mean, she was flexing on us earlier um, in, in, in the pre-record, you know what I mean? Just humbling us, really. And I, I thought it was unnecessary, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Our guest today is the, the lovely Colleen Chifamba, a.k.a. Ms. Coco. And she's an award-winning disability blogger, a disability consultant, and the founder of Life Through the Disability Lens. She's passionate, passionate, English fails me today. She is passionate about the employment of people with disabilities and raising awareness on disability through media platforms such as her blog, Life Through the Disability Lens. And she's also been on radio and other big things, but we're not going to get into that because, I mean, come on now. I mean, really, you know, we are moving forward. We are, we are looking forward. You know, we, are, we, can, we can't be looking backwards. Always forward. Hi, Coco. <laughs> I cannot even deal with that intro. Feel like I can't even deal right but, but now. I read, I read what you said verbatim. I don't know. What did I do wrong? I read it. You know, you know, no, you know. I wasn't in an, flexing, though. No, I wasn't flexing. I was on radio, though. Like, I was on radio for 18 months. I was a radio host and producer. So, like, you know, it's not flexing. It's just stating facts. You know, in an Boom. effort to, you know, in an effort to come across to our audience as humble, she's about to say, what? Where did you get all that information from? Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys, I'm so humble. Oh, my God. Flex on us, girl. Flex on us. <laughs> but of course, but of course, but of course. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We have a very interesting uh, discussion today, um, which I think we've spoken about um, in Phil's introduction. He spoke about how uh, your your project, uh, Life Through the Disability Lens, um, is something blog. that you're proud of. Your blog something that you're yes. proud of. Uh, something I wanted to to start off by saying is I think uh, some people shy away from using the word disability or disabled or anything like that. Is 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 that mm. something that should be shied away from? 
it really depends on the individual at the end of the day. I am very, very proud to call myself a disabled woman because I am. However, the correct terminology is a person with a disability. However, with that, it's dependent on the person. Some people are okay being called, being referred to as a disabled person. Other people prefer being called a person with a disability. So you always have to check with the person you're speaking to. Mm, mm, mm. And we've also well heard terms like um, differently abled um, come into pop. No, no, no. Yes. That's, that's very that's offensive. Very American. What does that mean? Very yes, American and very offensive able. as well. Yeah, but it's very American mm-hmm. um, to, to, to focus on the abled. Yeah, I, I used to work for an agency with kids mm-hmm. with special needs and we would always say differently abled. So it's just interesting how language is, is used, right? Indeed, indeed it is. Language really shapes um, how people with disabilities are viewed. Because, for example, in the Chishona language, we are referred to as Zirema or Chirema. I mean, that's really downgrading, right? How can you yeah. refer to a person with a prefix chi or the prefix ji. I'm a human being. Why are you referring me to me with a prefix a chi? Like I'm an object. Hmm. I, I think it's a good point that you mentioned that really it depends on the person, right? The person will let you know what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. So that's also Absolutely. good for us. Absolutely. Mm. All right. So as you've heard uh, on this podcast, we like to talk about mental wellness and mental health. And we've uh, mm-hmm. often uh, spoken about different um, things that may prove a challenge to mental wellness overall. And I think for those of us who are a little bit uninitiated and, and uh, uh, for lack of a better word, more ignorant, we are here to learn um, if, if a person has a disability, um, would that be something that contributes to, uh, um, you know, challenges in their mental health and their mental wellness? If so, how could they deal with that? Obviously, it's difficult for me to speak on behalf of an entire group, um, simply because there's different types of disabilities and different types of um, backgrounds, and we're all built very differently. But what I would say that I often struggle with when it comes to my mental health as a person with a disability is grief. Grief, um, particularly grieving over things that I previously could be able to do that I can't do anymore. What I find, even in speaking to friends who have disabilities, is that there's a constant theme of grief throughout our lives, particularly in your late 20s, um, going into your 30s, when you actually begin to realize just how much your disability in Zimbabwe has taking you backwards, really, when you begin to compare your life to your peers and you realize, hang on, I'm not at this level simply because of the society that I live in. I'm not at this level because of opportunities that I have been denied as a result of having a disability. So, for example, in the employment space, um, four years ago, after I just returned back to Zim, I went for a job interview that I was qualified for and I was rightfully told that it would be unethical to employ you because you're disabled whereas that goes against everything in our constitution right and so I went through a really difficult grieving process um, grief over the fact that I had been denied an opportunity to be employed I had been denied the opportunity to be awarded a fair interview like the other interview 
other other candidates who were in the room, right? And I remember just really grieving over that and wishing that I did not have a disability and just wishing that maybe if I didn't have a disability, then I would have been given this opportunity, right? Um, And it's not just in Zim. Even when I lived in Australia, it was exactly the same thing, being denied access to job interviews simply because I had a disability. So there's a constant theme of grief. So in terms of employment, grieving over being denied employment opportunities, grieving over facing yeah. discrimination because of my disability. And then on a personal note, grieving, um, how do I put this? The way my legs keep deteriorating over time, <laughs> right? So I was born with spina bifida. It is a neurotuber birth defect that affects the spine. Um, So where the nerve damage happened on my spine wasn't really severe. So I use crutches, but I'm also able to walk without crutches. However, what I was able to do when I was 16, I can't do today because my legs keep deteriorating because of not doing physiotherapy, not um, going for regular checkups. My specialist passed away many, many years ago and weight gains, fluctuating weight and whatnot. So there's also grief that comes with... um, the physical challenges that worsen over time. So for me, I would say grief has been the number one theme that ever that has affected my mouth. Hmm. Grief, um, mm. and Dr. Nyarai, you would know this is something that seem, we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. Uh, and I suppose I'd never thought of it that way, that you know, the, the grief over lost opportunities is something that you know, people mm. have to deal with very eye-opening um how did you manage to overcome it or have you managed to overcome it Hmm. it took me i think more than a year to just accept it really took me more than a year with that particular incident that happened um in 2017 um yeah it was I mean, I'd faced discrimination throughout my life, but that was a very blatant, we're not even going to bother interviewing you. We're just going to judge you based on the way you look, based on your disability. We don't care about all of that. Um, I've never actually openly spoken about this, but it it, it really triggered um, high suicide ideation. It really made me question my existence. Why do I exist if I'm going to be denied opportunities for jobs that I am qualified for? Why should I even exist? It, um, obviously, I never received a formal diagnosis, but I do know that I was depressed for many months and um, struggled with suicide ideation. I just didn't see the point of living life, I guess. Um, how did I overcome it? I, I had a friend at the time, um, one of my friends, she she really stood by me throughout that time and she was strong for me. She really, really was strong for me when days when I just could not get out of bed, she would just say, get up, at least just get out of bed, take a shower, do something. You can't allow this to cripple you. And that's really just, I guess, choosing to choose life every single day is how I overcame it. It was a period of time. I can't say that there's anything outstanding, anything specific that I did, but it was just over time, just choosing to do the basics, such as getting up, taking a shower, eating, um, taking a walk here and then when I could. Um, But yeah, there was really nothing specific that I could say I actually did at the time. Oh, wow. Um, 
So I, I think the the common ground and what, what would be beneficial to our audience is for someone living with, with various um what's the word term? with any type of disability who has been denied opportunities, who is struggling to live in a society that doesn't seem to be accepting or understanding or accommodating to these disabilities. What are some of the coping mechanisms mm -hmm. that you have adopted that you have found helpful to overcome these, these hurdles and issues? Ooh, well, I always say I'm an exceptional case because I come from a life of privilege having been, you know, going to private schools in Zim, living abroad in Australia for eight and a half years, that obviously speaks to the privilege that I come from, right? However, most of people with disabilities in Zimbabwe do not have the same privileges that I have, you know, so I have friends who would take me out um, for a meal, just for me to get out of that environment. I have a very supportive family. Um, my parents just really held my hands throughout that whole process. But what I would say to, I guess, the support systems of people with disabilities who have been denied access, number one, is just create a safe space for the person to be able to to grieve, create a safe space for the for the person to be able to express how they feel, do not validate their feelings. Because what tends to happen is we're not so much disabled by our disabilities. We're actually more disabled by the society around us, the communities around us. So don't look down on the person, speak to the person, understand what it is that they're going through. So in as much as a person with a disability might want to engage in healthy coping mechanisms, but if the environment around them does not permit them, does not give them that opportunity to have or to engage in healthy coping mechanisms, then it's redundant in the end of the day, it doesn't help. So for example, if a person with a disability decides they want to go for a walk or they want to go out for a meal with a friend, and if they come from a family that does not permit them to leave the house without an assistant or without someone else, that's going to be detrimental to that person's mental health. So it always starts with the environment around the communities around the person with a disability in order for us to engage in healthy coping mechanisms. Our communities around us have to create those safe spaces and safe environments for us to do so. Just following up on that theme of community, um, what are some things that people in the community generally do or say, uh, perhaps without thinking, perhaps they don't mean to, but some of those things mm -hmm. contribute to how difficult, uh, you know, it is to deal with your, with your mental wellness and, and your own mental health? So it starts with language, like we spoke earlier on referring to us as Chirema or Jirema. The correct terminology in the Chishona language is Munuaneurema. So you humanize the person and you don't focus on the disability. It's in the language, right? It's in how you address, it's in how you refer to the person with a disability, how you deal with them. So what tends to happen in the communities a lot is that um, the mentality is because we have disabilities, we are children for the rest of our lives. So we are actually treated like children. We are treated like children. I've had in my 20s to fight with my parents and just tell them that guys i'm actually not a child anymore 
yes, I do have a disability, but I'm not a child. I am a full grown adult who's lived outside of Zimbabwe for many years. You were not there when I was going through whatever challenges I was going through. So just allow me and give me the room to be, to be me. Um, a big thing that also communities do is not giving us our independence, right? So you'll find that we would want to be independent. And by being independent, I mean, you know, using public transport, taking care of ourselves, but our families or our immediate guardians always view us as, as kids, as children. So it would be, ah, no, they can't use public transport on their own. Who's going to hold their hand when they're crossing the road? No, they can't um, look after themselves. They can't bathe themselves. Someone has to be in the bathroom. They have to go to the toilet with someone. So it's things like that. It's making decisions for us without consulting us. So it's, you know, no, they can't do this. No, don't go there. Don't associate with this person. Don't do this. Whereas what we want is just our independence. And when our independence is taken away, it really affects our mental health. It makes us question, like I was saying, I really struggled with suicide ideation. It really made me question my existence. Why do I even exist if, you know, I'm just going to be judged based on my my, um, my my disability and a big thing is being locked away at home it's 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 it's, it's something that that happens in our society in our communities where people with disabilities are literally locked away in a room they don't interact with the rest of the family they don't interact with the communities it's as if we don't exist at all and this is why it is so incredibly difficult to find accurate <laughs> statistics of the number of people with disabilities in Zimbabwe because even when they do a census People with disabilities are locked away. They're not included um, as members of a household. So it's all of those different factors. Then you look at religion. Um, I'm not privy to how other religions treat people with disabilities, but certainly in the Christian circles, right, we're always viewed as people needing healing. So you go to a church and immediately everyone rushes to you. They want to pray for you. They, 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 they question, do you believe God for healing? Again, that affects our mental health because we then question our existence. Okay, if everyone around me is saying I need healing, then there's definitely something wrong with me. Okay. Um, well, it's all, it's all very heavy, but yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I think, um, especially with this show uh, and with our listeners, um, the main goal is always to either educate people on 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 tactics that they could use to help with their mental wellness, or how they can be better mm. allies to improve other people's mental wellness. So I think, in that regard. Um, you've spoken of some of the issues that you've had to deal with, not only or or people that you've come across that have had to deal with not only their families but in society in general. So, how can people, mm. um, the regular Joshmo as they call them, how can they be better allies um, to to disabled people in Zimbabwe and even outside Zimbabwe, wherever they may be listening? Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed that people can do that make a big difference? Acceptance, number one. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. Acceptance. Just accepting people with disabilities as they are. We're all different. Phil, you're different um, to Danny, and Danny, you're different to Phil and Dr. Nyerai. We're all oh, very I different. Mean, so Thank, God. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah. We're all very different people. We're all very different people. Just because I have a disability does not mean that 
I'm less of a human being. Acceptance, 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 acceptance. Everything flows from acceptance, right? Um, I always say that the quality of a child's life with a disability is determined by how the, the child's parents accepts their disability at birth. So if a couple gives birth to a child with a disability, if they don't accept that child as they are, that child is never going to have a good life, to be honest, regardless of whether they are born in poverty or they come from a wealthy family. As long as there is no acceptance, that child, that person with a disability will never fully actualize. They will never get to a point where they live their life or even become independent. So it all starts with acceptance, accepting that people with disabilities, yes, we're different. We may walk differently, we talk differently um, or have other different disabilities, but we're still human beings at the end of the day. Just accept us the way you would want to be accepted. Um, listen to us. Listen to us. Do not invalidate our experiences. One of the things that I really struggled with was always being constantly told, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're not a victim. And when I started my blog, that's when I actually started realizing that, hang on, I am actually a victim of a society that discriminates against me. You're telling me I'm not a victim, but I walk into a job interview and I am told that it's unethical to employ me because I have a disability. So don't invalidate the lived experiences of people with disabilities. Just listen to us. That's all we want. Listen to us. And the thing is, it's not so much that we struggle with our disabilities. We already know. I know I can't play basketball. I know I can't swim. I know I can't play tennis. You know, I know I can't play hockey. I don't want to engage in any of those activities because I know I can't, right? But if I come to you one day, Phil, and they say, oh, I wish I could play basketball, don't invalidate my experience and say, oh, yeah, yeah, of course you can when I know that I can't. Just create a safe space for me just to be able to talk, right? When help us, when we ask for help, we're very capable of doing a lot of things by ourselves. Very, very capable of doing a lot of things by ourselves. Don't treat us like children. Help us when we ask for help. Don't, because what then happens in many cases is when you rush to try and help us, you actually, how do I put this? Um, for lack of a better way of putting it in 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 in, in in, in, in say, having to say it in Shona, so if I'm out, you know, I am doing my grocery shopping, saying food lovers or whatever, and someone rushes to try and help me with my trolley, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm capable of carrying. Don't come and try and help me. Only help me when I have asked you for help, when I have asked you for assistance. Um, those are the things I can think of at, at the top of my head. I mean, you know, if you see opportunities, help us to access certain spaces, right? Help us to access certain spaces that we do not have access to. If you know that, um, okay, Coco wants to start a podcast that's going to be beneficial to her mental health. And I reach out, you know, help me because I don't have the same resources and opportunities that you might have by not having a disability. Mm. That was a very specific example. I see we ignored the DM. Sorry. <laughs> You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> we need to check now. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, Can I ask a question? Do you mind? Absolutely. 
I, I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's real delicate, right? Um, you wanting to do your own thing and then people ignoring you when we could help you. So I think it's really um, like reading the situation because I think sometimes we look away from people with disabilities when we should be offering our assistance or we, we just stare, you know? So I think it's, do you think it's finding a, a good balance? Okay, let me put it this way, Dr. Yurai. When yeah. I lived in Melbourne, right, say I was walking on the streets of Melbourne and whatnot, what. If in a day, in a given day, 20 people have come up to me and have asked that I, I need help. Do you need help? Do you need help? By the time the 20th person comes up to me, I've had it. I'm angry. So yeah. I'm going to snap at you. Okay. By the time the 50th person comes, I, I've had it. I've actually had it. Let me give you a perfect example. 2013, I'm at the Hillsong Conference, right? Um, in between sessions and whatnot. What? This couple runs up to me and they're like, can we pray for you? Can we pray for you? I was like, okay, sure, right? And I close my eyes and I'm expecting them to start praying. And they're like, oh, so what's wrong? What's wrong? Um, can we pray for healing? I was like, no, actually, there's actually nothing wrong with me. Go to a hospital and pray for people for healing because they are in hospital. I'm not. They were so shocked. They did not expect that response at all. And throughout the conference, whenever we'd bump into each other, they actually avoided me because they were that embarrassed. And all in the end they could say was, just, oh, sorry. And they walked away. Another example was when I would be getting onto trams, right? People would rush to just touch me and to try and help me get onto the tram. That's harassment. Why are you touching me without my consent? That is actual harassment. And in the end, I would end up being touched inappropriately because people have assumed that I need help when I don't actually need help. I am very capable of doing what I can do because I know my body, right? So take cues from the person with a disability. If they approach you and they ask for help, that's only when you offer your assistance. Because like I said, we want to be independent, but if we're being treated like children all the time, that's very dehumanizing. That is actually very dehumanizing. So I would say just take cues from the person, ask them, you know, why are you assuming, Dr. Nyerai, when you look at me as a person with a disability that I need help? Why don't you offer help to the next person, any other random person on the street? Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. So... I think to follow up with that, you've, you've mentioned mm. all these very stressful and traumatic circumstances. So as a, as a human, what methods and tactics are you using to protect your mental health when your day-to-day -day life is met with so many stresses? I'm very fortunate that I've got the resources to work with a therapist. So I work with a therapist once a week. Um, so I'm in therapy and um, yeah, so I work with a therapist and it's, it's great. It's, it's helpful for me to be able to speak to someone who doesn't know me, to speak to someone who is um, neutral, who, who doesn't know my history and whatnot. What, but what I would say um, for other people with disabilities, there's a lot of WhatsApp disability group chats. So there's a lot of conversations that people have 
in these group chats where people vent, where people get support. So in as much as not every person with a disability has the privilege to be able to afford a therapist, um, we do have support systems within and amongst ourselves where we can reach out to each other, we can vent to each other and we can we can talk to each other. I mean, of course, you know, that's just on a peer level, but that's what we can do at the moment. I have um, two questions. One, a little bit more of overall. I think it's something that you've touched on on your on your blog quite a bit, and it's about um, I think almost on a on a national scale of how things need to change. And I think one of the things that I saw you refer to several times was how often the response you got whenever you raised some issues to do with ableism or anything like that was they are more important issues to deal with at the moment. Um, mm, and that obviously mm. is part of dismissing um, people's legitimate issues that they're having. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking from a national viewpoint, from a place where we're talking about legislation and government policy and so on, what do you think needs to be put in place, first of all, uh, that would help people who are living with disabilities um, to sort of handle the situation that they, they may be facing? <coughs> So a few months ago, I think back in June, July, I can't really remember the specific month, um, the president actually launched a national disability policy. It is a very, very comprehensive document, very, very comprehensive. Um, It covers a lot of different areas. Um, However, it is now needing to be implemented. And if it is implemented at the level we're hoping, it is, if it's fully implemented, it is going to drastically change um, the lives of people with disabilities. For example, it addresses things like employment. If I'm not mistaken, it states that 15% of an organization must be people with disabilities. It talks about no discrimination to education. It, it is very, very, excuse me, it is very, very, very um and extensive, it covers a lot of areas. So prior to 21, I would write a lot on my blog about, you know, at a national level, how things need to change. But now I'm re- after having read the document, I'm feeling somewhat um, positive. Yeah, I'm feeling somewhat positive that once this disability policy is actually implemented um, in its entirety, it is going to change um the lives drastically change the lives of people with disabilities because you know things like discrimination to employment that that's not going to be allowed anymore. That's that's so. If I come knocking for a job at two broke trimbos, uh, yeah, no, you won't be able. You will not be able to turn me down. <laughs> it jokes on you. We can't afford to hire anyone. <laughs> exactly. I like that. I like how she did that. <laughs> No, it's because no, no, no. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I used to to listen to the podcast religiously a few years ago. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. So it's such used a, and then used and then used, used to. And then, and then I hey, and then I moved back to Zimbabwe. Hey, guys, wow. that is expensive, man. Wow. I don't have unlimited internet anymore. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, I live a life of prestige and privilege, and now it is expensive. Wow. Just tell them you're back in love yeah. with them. 
<laughs> no, like legit, guys. No, no, you used to make my days. Like on my way to you, I'll just I'll download the podcast, listen to it, and I'll just be laughing on the train. So shout out, shout out to you, Phil and Dan. Thanks, thanks, y'all. It's hard for me to believe this. That's used to, but now this used to issue. It's really I, your compliments hmm. have expired, like Mil Gaiwa. So quickly, just just the the, the 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 second question I had, and this one was now more targeted to parents. Um, we may have people who are listening mm-hmm. who are new parents or parents of uh, um, old parents or soon to be parents. And if they so happen to mm. have children with disabilities, um, and of course, uh, this is with the understanding that every person's situation is unique and every person living with disabilities has to deal with them in different ways, depending on you know what those disabilities are. But perhaps from a, an, an overall perspective as someone who uh, not only has lived with disabilities, but has spent a lot of time helping other people and studying and consulting on it, what advice could you give parents uh, new parents, parents who in the future may have children with disabilities, what could, what advice could you give them to um, help out their children um, and, well, really the whole family to make sure that it's a, a loving environment? Acceptance. It starts with acceptance. If you accept your child with a disability, no one can reject them. No one can discriminate you against your child if you accept your child. That's what it is. Acceptance. Acceptance. Because you can only allow people to discriminate against your child if you give them the rope to do so, right? But if you just accept your child with a disability and say, this is my child. If you, Dan, your wife gives birth to a child with a disability, if you stand by your child, Phil can't say anything about your child. Phil cannot say anything about your wife who's given birth to a child with a disability. So it starts with acceptance especially on the males, especially on the fathers, because the trend in Zim is fathers abandon children when they're born with disabilities or they give an ultimatum to their wives. Yes. It's it's, it's a global issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They they give an ultimatum to, to the wife. It's either the marriage or your child with a disability. So what then happens in Zim is the wife then chooses the marriage over the child and then they send their child to be looked after by a grandmother. So at the end of the day, it's acceptance. Do not discriminate. Do not discriminate. Um, I went, my siblings went to private schools. I went to private schools. My, my siblings studied in Australia. I studied in Australia. My parents did not discriminate at all, at all, at all. The same, the same way they raised my siblings, the same way they raised me. Um, there was never a day that I felt that I was different. Um, and, and, and they protected me against extended family members. They really protected me against extended family members. So no extended family member could say anything against me or anything about my disability because my parents protected me. So acceptance, protect your child, treat them the same way that you treat, um, your other children, right? Number four, I would say reach out to older people with disabilities who have the same disability as your children. So I have a friend who has a daughter with spina bifida. She reached out to, to, to me. She's like, you know, you're a black woman. You have a dis- you have you're born with spina bifida. My child was also born with spina bifida. What can what can I do? Teach me, you know. And so some of the things that she struggles with as a mother with a daughter with spina bifida. And just trying to navigate around that, right? And say, for example, when the daughter then starts her um, 
menstrual cycle, she comes to me and she asks, okay, so how can I navigate around this to ensure that my daughter feels safe, to ensure that, you know, I give my daughter privacy. And at the same time, I want to teach her how to take care of her body. What can I actually do? So reach out to to older um, people with disabilities who have the same disabilities as as your children. Reach out to other parents of children with disabilities to to get that support. To, to yeah, to get that support. Uh, but most importantly, always listen to your child. Always listen to your child. They know their bodies well. They're the experts of their bodies. Whether they're at 50, I always tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I'm in my 30s. I know my body more than you know my body. Yes, you know the medical records. You were there when I was born and all the surgeries that I had to go through. But at the end of the day, I know my body more than you would ever know it, even as my own mother. Mm, 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 mm. Very, very, very harsh talk to moms there, but, you know, to each their own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I was going to ask when you mentioned the disability bill, because I was reading up on it as you're speaking and I wanted to find out which bodies um, or organizations exist in Zimbabwe that can ensure that this policy is being enforced or protect the people it's supposed to um, empower. So at the uh, so in the president's office, there is a special advisor. Dr. Malinga is the special advisor to the president on disability issues in the president's office. So he has been tasked to set up different um, provincial committees that are going to oversee the implementation of the national policy. And it's only people with disabilities who would be were going to be part of these um, committees. But because of COVID and everything else, um, such committees have not had a an opportunity to sit down and to meet. Mm, okay. Because we don't actually have... Um, so disability issues, unfortunately, fall under social welfare, social welfare, which already looks after you know, so many different minority groups. What would be ideal in the nation in the nation of Zimbabwe is to have a complete separate ministry specifically for people with disabilities, um, because in the Ministry of Social Welfare, it's only a desk. There's only just one desk and it's not enough. It's really, really, really not enough. But, well, yeah, we it's a good start. Having the national disability policy is, is a start. Okay. Uh, fair enough, hmm. fair enough. Um, I, I think one of... Sorry, go ahead, Phil. No, no, no I was just going to offer. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I think one of the one of the the big benefits that come from this conversation is, is there's probably many of us who, if you were to ask us directly, of course, no, we do care about people with disabilities. Of course, we want to help where we can, and of course, we don't want to, uh, you know, to uh, behave in a in a way that's ableist. But naturally, because we don't often think about it, perhaps that's why we end up doing things in that way, and. That's the first problem because we don't think about it. We need to think about it. We need to start noticing. We need to recognize that, you know, uh, our friends, our colleagues, our uh, countrymen also have, uh, we all have our unique challenges that we're dealing with. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't be so caught up in our own thoughts and our own uh, life experiences that we try, we, that we, in, 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 by mistake, we invalidate others. Inadvertently. Yeah, almost. I, I was going to use two big words next to each other. And, you know, my, my, my RAM was not processing. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, uh-huh. 
Yeah, so I think it's it's great to actually have these conversations because we have to stop and like stop, stop, stop what you're doing and think, and then you know, uh, um, hopefully we can be better. So I appreciate but some of those thoughts you, and those solutions. To be honest with you, it's it's a global thing. Hey, I think it's a human thing. I can't say that I've only ever faced discrimination in Zimbabwe alone. No. Um, the number one thing that I faced in Australia wasn't racism. It was actually discrimination and ableism as a person with a disability. People saw my disability first before they even saw the color of my skin. So it's it's an innate thing in us as human beings. This is all very, it's all very depressing. Like, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Humans really are Well, we can so, talk right? about that. Really, you know, like, you know, I mean, look, this is what I then always say that people with disabilities, we're not just, it's all, not all just gloom and doom, right? Um, there's more to to us than just our disabilities in the same way that, you know, the next person who doesn't have a disability, they may go through challenges, but they're not their challenges. There's more to them. That is true. That is I was going to ask a daring question about um, dating as a person with disabilities. Yes, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it is a struggle. Yes, man. It is a struggle. Hashtag the struggle is real. Um, it's it's a topic that I often <laughs> address on uh, my old radio show and whatnot. What, and um, talking to different, many different people with disabilities, I think that men have it easier. Men with disabilities have it easier, and that I feel that women are more accepting of men with disabilities, whereas with men with where is it harder for women with disabilities to date because some of the challenges that come up is okay does this man really love me for me or he's just after sex does he really just want to date me or he's just after sex then the conversation becomes about oh well can you even date children like can you continue the family name so why should i date you why should i marry you and even if the man wants to marry a woman with a disability the extended family is always on that well what can they do they you know what type of a makoti will they be um so it's 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 quite it's, it's yeah it's, it's 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 quite interesting i mean you do come across guys who don't care who are very accepting of 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 my disability they actually just really don't care and then there's guys who just outright i'm like they can't they just say no i can't I can't actually do this. And then there's ones who just outright say, well, I just want it. That's it. I just want, yeah, to experience something different. But I've, you know, had to learn that at the end of the day, you know what, just dating in in, in itself is, it's not easy when you're in your, in your 30s. Um, now added the layer of being a black disabled woman. It's, there's many challenges. To that. So, I mean, look, yeah, it's, I would say that, it's just like any other person's experience. The only difference is for women with disabilities, you don't know whether the person genuinely, genuinely wants to be with you or they want to experiment or they, yeah, they just want to do whatever they want to do. Um, jolo. Mm, the real pandemic, I tell you. Um, jolo. Yeah. I mean, we know nothing but about dating in our thirties, so... so. I mean, what do we know? <laughs> and what do we know? But on that note, though, um, there is a high, high, high um, sexual abuse against women with disabilities. 
um, sexual abuse is sexual violence, sexual abuse is really high amongst women with disabilities, especially women with intellectual disabilities, especially um, women with visual impairments, because obviously they cannot identify their perpetrators. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a community in Mashingo where women with intellectual disabilities, six, seven down months down the line, they're pregnant and they can't identify who raped them because it's not a relationship. She never consented to sex. They can't identify their, their perpetrators. So high chances of being infected with HIV, high chances of unwanted pregnancies, high chances of being um, single mothers, simply because, you know, men view it as, as you know, and then there's the whole other layer of, oh, if you sleep with a disabled virgin woman, it's going to kill you of whatever, it's going to, you know, make you wealthy and whatever else. Um, so there's also those elements where, yeah, there's high, high sexual abuse against women with disabilities in relationships. So in light of that, um, what can um, people who are not disabled, how can they assist um, in, in wow, these cases? Wow. What, how can we become allies? It's a very loaded question because I've also even trying to think how can people with disabilities even become allies to, to you know, to because the challenge Phil is that you know in other countries you'd have not institutions but you'd have places where people with disabilities can go and live at so for example think of it this way in a community say where there is women with intellectual disabilities and they don't have 24-hour support they don't have carers right around the clock they're left at home by themselves because their families just cannot afford to employ someone to look after them 24 seven. Um, they're obviously all, you know, more prone to being exposed to sexual abuse. Right. I would then, and such communities out there and say communities can come together and they can assist these families in looking after the people with disabilities. Right. Really just Ubuntu, really just coming together and saying, okay, today, Jane is going to be at Phil's house. On Tuesday, they're going to be at Dinyarai's house. On Wednesday, they're going to be at Dan's house. On Thursday, they're going to be at someone's house to ensure that they have a carer. Because unfortunately, a majority of people with disabilities in Zim actually come from very, very poor backgrounds and they cannot afford. Most importantly, um, advocate with us. I'll give you a perfect example. 2018 elections, advocate... Abraham Mateta sued the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission over their refusal to print Braille ballot papers. It was a huge conversation on Twitter. People really ignored it. People ignored it and they said, it's not important. These are not bread and butter issues. So you can become an ally by raising awareness on such issues, by making noise on such issues, right? Using your influence as a, you look at yourself and you say, okay, um, my influence, this is my sphere of influence. This is what I can do. I can raise awareness by retweeting this tweet. I can raise awareness by sharing this blog post to my social media because I'm 
what people without disabilities always think that being an ally is speaking on our behalf. No, that's not it. It's engaging us in conversation, on online conversations. You see a conversation happening, engage us, ask us, okay, so what does this mean? How can I support you? Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. So we, Actually, yeah. Uh, I, I know Abraham Garosa. Good, good, good fellow Abraham is. Mm, yeah, he is. He is. Um, so it's, it's things like that. So it's asking, what can we do? How can we assist? Mm, mm, okay. Mm. All right. I, I think that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good, positive way to end the show, Dan. Don't you think? Unless you've got any other burning questions? No. I've got no, one burning question. Yes. yes, sir. You should see a doctor about that first, Phil. <laughs> I have. Um, but the cream isn't helping. I don't know what to do next. Where is it burning, Philip? Where is it burning? In my heart. In my heart. Okay. <laughs> yes, Phil. Let's hear it. Well, since you claim to be a Two Broke Timbers fan, we wanted to ask you a few questions. <laughs> First one. This is a layup. Which is your favorite episode? Yo, 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 guys. Yo. Check the lies. You see the lies. You see, yeah. She wanted to talk about honesty. She's talking about honesty, morals. Chichi, now let's let's, uh, put it with the test. Let's let's put the mirror up to her. Lie to us. Lie to us. Hold on. Let me put it this way. What I used to look. Okay, this Mm, was mm. when. Cop and please already. Cop and please. 2017. I really enjoyed how whenever something would happen, the social commentary, the social commentary on Two Broke Twimbos would be hilarious and i really loved how you guys would look at a situation objectively because a lot of podcasts out there it's either people are just attacking um the situation or people take sides but you guys would really look at a situation objectively and i loved how sometimes you guys would actually argue you'd actually argue and be like no but dan i don't agree with you phil i don't actually agree with you and you know you keep it moving these are all very general and broad statements that yeah. we want to know yeah, where is in the we world. want specific <laughs> examples. It was in good. I was good. No, no, that was really politicians' answer. You all, you no, know, with the figures, we all got the people on the left, the people right. We got to come together and you know unify on the issues because that's what's important right now. You in know, the near future, Doctor Nyerai, people will tell you, "Yes, I've listened to you on the podcast." And then you ask them, "What do you listen to?" It's like you know, there was a time when you like you really attacked the root of the issue, you know, and you really showed that. <laughs> There's, there's ways well, that we can handle actually, this, you know, in a way that's holistic. If you want, I can actually go on the website right now and, and, and give you a specific example. No, that's wow. cheating. No, no, that's cheating. I feel like anyone no, no. can do that. No, once again, anyone oh, can type no, in twobroketwimbos.com. Okay. <laughs> Keeping in mind, no, our website is accessibility like, friendly. Okay. So we are doing our parts. But still, this is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana, we've no, been guessed up. Guessed up. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know, you know, here's the thing, Phil. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think I'm okay with people lying to me about liking the podcast. It massages my (laughs) ego. So it's okay. It's fine. We'll accept it. Wow. Thank you, Colleen, for enjoying the podcast. Mm -hmm. I I think she's a true fan. I think she's a true fan. I think you know she's a true fan. You know what? You've been duped. Dog, you're duped. Because (laughs) while she's also on this call, I I went through our database. Because you know, we've got a database of email subscribers and fans that reach out to us. And I I, I update this list regularly. There was no. Let me check Twitter, actually. There was no Koza. There was no Chief. No Chifamba. No CO. Not even a COL. Nothing. 
She was a silent follower. Mm. No, she's up, she's up in the She's in the terrace. She was in the terrace mm. of the podcast. Okay. I see what's happening here. Mm. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine, Karin. It's fine. No, but it's anyway, okay. Anyway, anyway, it's it's okay. fine. You know, it's fine. Even though you're a liar. Even she's back. Are... She's okay. back, wow. though. That's the main mm. thing. She's back. Even though you are a liar. Um, <laughs> you don't please. allow me to be great. I do not have unlimited internet. Okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So e- even even with all your fibs, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Ah, yo, yo, that's that's uh, my blog, Life Through the Disability Lens. I think dot wordpress.com. Uh, my social media is all <laughs> private. Well, except for Twitter. Twitter it's at Colleen. C O W L W E N C H I F A M B A. Yeah. She doesn't even follow us. She doesn't even follow us, then. No, I'm about to check if she's ever if she's ever messaged us or just as I thought. Never nary a mention of two broke twimbles anyway. No, no, you guys never followed me back. So I was like, oh, these guys, eh, 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 eh. Just tell them it's a new day. You're going to start follow Black Friday. Black Friday. I follow you if you follow me. Follow for follow train. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, but I just generally used to enjoy the podcast. No, thank you. We're, we're just, we're just, uh, we're just ragging on you. Don't worry. Colleen, but we appreciate your support. It's so good. It's so good. I feel like I'm now part of the Cool Kids Club, guys. Being a, being a guest on Two Broke Twimbles. Like, I've arrived, guys. I've arrived in life. I've arrived. <laughs> the 2BT bump is real. I was, I was Dr. Nyerai. Dr. Nyerai was, was hobnobbing with fans just last week. Do you, yeah. Colleen, you should have seen. You should have seen. We were sitting there like, uh, you know, filling out myself. We're like, you know what? These are our fans. Probably they're going to want to take some photos with us. So let's set aside some time. We were sitting there just they, watching they them pushed, all take they photos. They pushed us out of the way. Get up. Dr. Someone, someone knocked my drink out of my hand. To get a photo the next with. Event. When's the next event? So, you know, I can steal your fans as well. <laughs> I know. We'll December, go together, 17. December 17 at the Spider-Man. You know what, Dan, no way Dan, Dan, you're, you're a cool guy because you support Arsenal. Shout out to you. Thanks. Shout out Thanks. to you. Yeah, Shout yeah, out. Yeah. I know. Shout out to you. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love it. We love to see it. <laughs> All right, just just to say once more, thank you very much to Colleen Chfamba for coming through. Uh, and of course, thank you, Dr. Ch- Dr. Nyarai, for being with us, as usual, of Wired to Love and Thrive. You can find a Dr. Nyarai on, on Twitter and Sage R Health. Is that correct? Everywhere else, Dr. Nyarai? Correct. Yes, yeah, thank indeed, you. Indeed. Oh, it's lovely, Sage. Lovely. I, I, was calling, I was calling it Sager Health all this time. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, Sage Restorage. Anyway. In, mm. in, no, but um, well, you know, anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, yes. And uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Bon V, for uh, allowing us to record and ramble um, and, and share this the, this episode and this information from Colleen <coughs> the liar um, and Doctor Nyari, of course. And don't forget, if you'd like to 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 show some love to our sponsors, Bon V, you can check them out at twobrooktwimbles.com forward slash Bon V. Or if you'd like to explore some of the packages that they have, especially for mental wellness, um, if you'd like to uh, engage in therapy or seek a therapist, as uh, Colleen mentioned, she also sees therapists weekly. You could do that by contacting Verizon on 
0037. That's 078-706-0037. Thank you, Bonvi.